Welcome to the Magis Pod, brought to you by Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit Church, a diverse Catholic community located in the oldest church building in the heart of downtown Detroit. For the links to the readings, check the show notes. Enjoy Father Gary's latest homily. The first reading today from Isaiah the prophet is certainly one of the most beautiful passages of poetry in the Old Testament, a beautiful description of the the great tenderness of God's love, uh, casting God almost as, as a maternal figure. You know, it begins with that message, comfort, give comfort to my people. And then it ends with that image of God uh, coming to lead the people like a shepherd, uh, carrying the little lambs in his arms with great tenderness and leading the ewes, those who are the lambs or the sheep that are pregnant with with new life forward. A beautiful image of God's love. And in between those bookends in that passage is this proclamation about preparing the highway for God. So at at the time of the prophecy, the people were in exile in Babylon. Their nation had been conquered. They'd been scattered. The city of Jerusalem burned down. The temple destroyed. They were in exile in Babylon. And so this prophecy is an encouragement that their salvation, their liberation was coming. So this image of preparing a highway through the desert is literally so they can make the journey from Babylon back to Jerusalem, back to Israel. So prepare the highway, level the mountains, fill in the valleys, make it a smooth road for the journey home. And that's the image then that the early Christian community picked up, that Mark, the the writer of this gospel, picks up, and they apply that image to John the Baptist as he becomes the one who is the voice crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. And he prepares a path for the coming of Christ among the people. Well, this made me stop and ponder what might this mean for us in our lives What does it mean to prepare the way of the Lord? It's beautiful poetry, but, you know, how do we actually do that in our daily lives? And there are, of course, many, many ways we could answer that question. But one way to approach it, it occurred to me, is to look at the particular things that are happening in our parish today. We already began celebrating the rite of welcome for Jesse as she enters into full communion with the Catholic Church. She witnessed that beautiful signing of the senses to open her up to the mystery of God and all the dimensions of her life. And then at the end of the liturgy, after Mass today, we're going to have the sacrament of anointing the sick as we do every Advent. And it seems to me that both of these rituals that we're celebrating today Uh, can help us answer that question of what does it mean for us to prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths, level the mountains, fill in the valleys. And the reason I think those rituals can help answer that question, you know, when when they first, uh, we were scheduling things and they both looked like they were going to fall on this day, I thought, is that going to be a problem? I thought, no, they don't have anything to do with each other. We do the rite of welcome at the beginning, we'll do the anointing at the end. But now that the day is actually here, I realize they have everything to do with each other. 
because they both represent journeys of healing. That's what they have in common. And it seems to me that's one way to talk about preparing the way of the Lord. That we enter into a journey of healing. That's what it means for us to be disciples of Jesus, to let the Holy Spirit work in our lives, is to enter a path of healing. So we know from modern psychology what the saints have always known, that we all come into life with wounds. That's what it is to be human. We, we know now that every child that is born is shaped by their family of origin for good, hopefully, but also for ill. That's just what it is to be human. No parents are perfect, and we're all kind of distorted a little bit uh, as we are blessed also by our childhoods. And even if our home were perfect, we live in a culture that isn't perfect, that shapes us. I mean, think about our culture. We're well aware. It's got so many images. It's such a violent culture, such a gun culture. You know, all these video games that kids see that are so violent. It's a culture of, uh, that's over-sexualized, that's marked by racism and classism. We can go on and on with all the features of our culture that are negative. If you grow up here in the United States, you can't help but be shaped by those things as you grow up. And they all sort of distort us or misshape our characters in ways. And it's not just here, you know, it's true of every culture in the world. No culture is perfect. They all have their dark sides, maybe different ones from ours. So every human being grows up uh, facing the shadow of evil that falls over them and that bends us out of shape somehow. If that isn't enough, then you get to be a teenager. <laughs> That's a lot of fun, isn't it? Huh? Often a traumatic period for people. Uh, I know so many people feel scarred later in life by how their self-image is damaged by all the negative comments they get from peers, criticisms, put-downs, and so forth, all those things that can happen in adolescence that make us feel bad about ourselves or feel that we don't measure up. Then, of course, you grow up. You might get in some relationships that aren't so great. <laughs> that can also wound us as we go along, can't it? So, this is a pretty negative picture, but the good news, the good news that the readings proclaim today that the church proclaims, that Jesus proclaims to each of us, is that we are promised a path of healing. This is what our life is about. This is what it means to follow Jesus, to open ourselves to the Holy Spirit, is that God wants to be that gentle shepherd that says, comfort, comfort my people, that carries us like lambs in his arms, and that we know from so many stories of Jesus in the gospel, he wants to heal us, to restore us to the image of God in which we were created, so that we can gradually be transformed into the image of Christ, and that we are able through prayer and through really soaking in God's great love for us 
we begin to be able to let go of the fears that maybe we carry from our past. We let go of the resentments from our past. We let go of the bad self-image we may have, those feelings that we're not lovable or we don't measure up. And perhaps most importantly, underneath all of that, is a healing of our image of God. Because it's really our image of God that is wounded and damaged by all the evil in our world, all that we experience. And so it's a healing journey even to to be able to see who God really is and to see how much God loves us, the one who fashioned us, who created us, who gives us the gift of our lives. This is a healing journey. And I think that in some ways we could look at the process of Christian initiation that you're entering on in one way. It's a healing journey. It's a time to reflect back on your life, to be reconciled with everything in your past, uh, all the hurts that might be there, the lack of, of knowledge of God and how good God is. But the, it, she's just a symbol for all of us. We're all on that journey, aren't we? That's what our baptism is about, our confirmation is about, entering into that healing journey. The wonderful good news is that I would say God promises us this. God guarantees it. If you are serious as an adult about your Christian faith, if you give yourself to any kind of prayer at all and self-reflection, God guarantees that we'll be on a healing path. Now, are we going to be perfect? No, <laughs> we're still human, but there's progress. And I see this as a priest and a spiritual director that over the course of our Christian lives, you know, we become more loving. <laughs> it's all about love, isn't it? Huh? As we say in our common speech, we get our rough edges polished off. The mountains are ground down and the valleys are filled in. It's really about opening ourselves to let go of our fears, our hang-ups, our resentments, be more compassionate towards ourselves, and, and through our sufferings to learn to be more compassionate for others. We grow. We're on this healing path, and it's all about becoming more loving. We talked last week about being awake and alert to the sufferings of the world around us, being awake and alert to how we're moved by things around us, how we're moved by the word, to see how God is stirring in us. This is another way of talking about it, to notice how God is healing us of the burdens that we might carry from our past. I'm not talking here about the healing. You know, we're going to have the sacrament of anointing at the end of this liturgy. I'm not talking about things we might think of as miraculous healings where someone has cancer and suddenly the next day it's all gone through prayer. Those kinds of healings are pretty unusual. They're pretty rare. I think they could be more common in our culture than, than, we're, than we know. But, you know, someone like Blessed Solanus Casey who has a great gift of healing, those people only come along once in a while. I knew a Jesuit in our province who had that gift of healing. I just read an article about an ordinary working man in the Upper Peninsula who had a gift of healing, and people would come from miles around. But that, that's rare. I'm not talking about that healing today. 
I'm talking about the everyday healing that God promises to each and every one of us, that Jesus promises us through his Holy Spirit to be at work in our hearts, to set us free, to liberate us, to be more loving. That's what it's all about. It made me think of a poem that someone sent me this week, and I was going to try to explain the poet to you, and then I thought, I'm just going to read it to you. It's a wonderful way, if all this is too abstract and lofty for you, the poet does a wonderful job, I think, of conveying this healing journey in practical, everyday life terms. It's called The Question by Rosemary Trump. All day, I replay these words. Is this the path of love? I think of them as I rise, as I wake my children, as I wash the dishes, as I drive too close behind the slow blue Subaru. Is this the path of love? I think of these words as I stand in line at the grocery store. Think of them as I sit on the couch with my daughter. Amazing how quickly six words become compass. The new lens through which I see myself in the world. I notice what the question is not. Not, is this right? Not, is this wrong? Not, is this too loud? Uh, <laughs> this question just longs to know how the action of existence links us to the path of love. And is it this? Is it this? All day, I let myself be led by the question. All day, I let myself be not too certain of the answer. Is it this? Is this the path of love? I ask as I wait for the next word to come. As always, thank you for listening. To learn more about the community at Saints Peter and Paul Jesuit, check out our website, sspjesuit.org, or follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Links for all three can be found in the show notes. Until next time, be well and God bless.